2: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match, limited by state law.
3: Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill, Les Kaiser, and Jonathan Green. It's the fastest hour on the radio.
0: Speed City. All right, welcome to the show, Gearheads. Max Verstappen wins. The Formula One French Grand Prix ahead of Lewis Hamilton and Max's teammate, Sergio Perez, on the podium again. Man, Sergio Perez has been on a roll. Uh, this is John Massagill sitting in the studio with Les Kaiser and Bob Varsha over Zoom. And, Bob, you had put in a couple of items in our show document that I want to touch on with the, with the way things broke down today. You know, we got the silly season underway. You talked about new deals for Ocon and, Nor- and Norris and hamilton's looking for a deal uh, how do you think what happened today like the first thing comes what made me think of the story is how botas did today you know yeah. we've got we got all these deals potentially cooking what do you how do you think today affected this the silly season
1: well it's kind of hard to say you know the silly season the where drivers are going to wind up next year it seems to start earlier every season <laughs> yeah uh, we had the deals that you mentioned um Lewis Hamilton has said he wants a new deal decided before the summer break, which comes right after the Hungarian Grand Prix. Um, and obviously it all begins and ends with, uh, with Lewis. Uh, I think uh, even though Perez is on just a one-year deal with Red Bull, I believe, uh, he looks to be everything they need from a, uh, from a second driver in that team. So the question is going to be Botas and getting lewis back in the saddle which you know in recent years has been kind of a, a question till the last possible moment um it's 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 going to be interesting i think i don't anticipate a lot of movement let me put it that way uh, if mercedes lets go of botas and sticks george russell or i was interested to hear that esteban Ocon, who just signed up again without paying renault is a Mercedes driver and his career is managed by Mercedes. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're content to let him race for one of their competitors, not only in team, but in, in uh, engine constructors. So it's, um, it, it's going to be interesting to see which teams stick with what they've got. Um, I don't think they are going to see a lot of changes.
0: Well, going back to, to Botas and the fact that, like a, you know, how he let uh, Max by with just almost no delay, so Max could chase down uh, Hamilton. Bob, do you what? Do you remember where his tires were? I know his tires. Obviously, his tires were spent, but I can't remember where his were in relation to Hamilton's tires. And, and you know, did he have such a strong argument as he let us know with expletives over the radio? to to say that you know that this was a giant mistake and that i mean to me it just felt like a driver who knew he made an error but what do you think bob
1: i'm sorry we're talking about botas you were breaking up there
0: yeah so when botas let uh when he let max go past i mean was it was it a a team mistake or was it a botas mistake really i guess my question
1: he got on the radio and said well, as far as he's concerned, it was absolutely a team mistake. You heard him say, why don't you guys listen to me? I've been saying this is a two-stop race since the beginning. And it turns out he was right. Now, there may be a certain amount of, of covering his own, you know, what going on there. But, uh, you know, we saw the way Max went by Lewis, too. If those guys were, were yeah. uh, past their sell-by date on their tires, then, you know, I don't blame Botox at all because um, Max was able to get by him. And then Perez was able to get by him. You could see he was struggling, particularly when Perez went by. Max almost went off the track. He left his braking so late, but he was just, you know, he was fighting with one hand behind his back in terms of the tire life. So, you know, it's, uh, there are going to be some interesting conversations in the Mercedes garage. And let's not forget, too, that the pit wall at Mercedes tripped over themselves again, you know, when they they thought they were gonna be able to prevent the undercut early in the race for Stappen over Hamilton, and it didn't work out. And uh, and you heard the team, Peter Bonnington, telling Lewis over the radio, you know, we didn't think it was gonna work out that way. We misjudged that, sorry. You know, it's, yeah. it's that tight up front. Everybody is on the limit. And uh, imagine when the tires began to fall off quicker than anybody expected them to, the tire engineers and the strategists, there was some serious numbers crunching going on, on the pit wall. And, um, you know, it's really intense, something we don't often get to have a a glimpse of on the pit wall as these decisions are being made. Um, it's, it's incredibly tense for the, uh, for the decision makers and it's really easy to get it wrong.
0: Hmm. And are we seeing some cracks in the armor of Mercedes right now? Uh, I, I mean, you know, they said it like I was mentioning earlier about we. Do, when they said to to Hamilton, we don't know what happened when Max was able to do a, a very successful undercut earlier in the race. Are we? Do you think we're seeing mm-hmm. some cracks in the armor of the Mercedes
1: team? I well, I think you possibly. know, I I, I think ahead, those Bob. cracks were always there. I mean, you know, it's a human sport. It's a team sport, and the potential to make a mistake. Goes up financially when things are so competitive.
0: Yeah, that's true. Is it that or so, less? Do you think maybe some complacency as well? I mean, I mean, geez, how many championships can you win without letting off the letting a little pressure off the pedal at some point?
4: Well, I think you know it could be complacency not only on the team uh, as far as the ones in the perch and the garage and uh, and back at the factory, but. Has Hamilton started lightening up? He still runs hard. He still complains about tires way before anybody else does. Uh, he's passionate about racing. I don't see him ending anytime soon unless to go pursue a singing career. So I I don't know. I don't know where his focus is, if it's waning, if we could say that might be contributing to this or not.
0: Uh, but let's talk about some of the uh, further down the grid a little bit, because we touched on how good of race that both Lando and, and um, Ricardo had finishing fifth and sixth. Gasly, uh, you could hear the Jaws music, as you like to say, less as he was chasing down uh, Ricardo right there at the end of the race. So Gasly once again had a, a good race, and his teammate Yuki Tsunoda started at the back and finished 13th. So uh, I'd say pretty good races yeah, from both of bad. those guys.
4: Not bad at all.
0: Yeah, Bob, what do you think about Gasly? Are you with me in my enthusiasm for him?
1: Yeah, I think that Gasly's done a great job. You know, he 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 took a real hit to his potential career path when Red Bull demote, uh, demoted him back to the AlphaTauri team with less than a full season as Max Verstappen's teammate. I think that was a mistake on their part. I think they probably realize that now. I don't see them bringing them back to the uh, Red Bull team right now, since it looks like AlphaTauri, with the, the recent uptick in their fortunes, including the victory last year in Monza for that man, Pierre Gasly, um, AlphaTauri's more of a sister team than a junior team to Red Bull Racing right now. And, um, and, you know, and Gasly's just done a terrific job. I think he's a great teammate for Tsunoda, who we're now finding out has a bit of a wild streak maybe needs a little calming down and maybe pierre can help with that but uh yeah Gasly's done a lot to uh to rehabilitate his reputation if you will and he's still a young guy he's in his mid-20s for crying out loud so yeah um you know there's a lot of racing still in that frenchman and uh, i think a lot of teams would be happy to have him if he was willing to step away from that red bull embrace
0: Hey, I want to look at the driver's standings, the driver's championship real quick, because obviously with Max Verstappen in the lead and the lead growing today, so it's 131. He's got 131 points, does Verstappen. Then Lewis Hamilton with 119. And then um, Sergio Perez with 84. Lando Norris in fourth with 76. Botas 59. And then Charles Leclerc at 52. And Carlos Sainz at 42, Pierre Gasly at 37, Daniel Ricciardo at 34, and Sebastian Vettel up to 10th place with 30 points. And then Alonso in 11th with 17, Ocon, uh, Lance Stroll, Yuki Tsunoda, and then Kimi Raikkonen with a point, and Giovinazzi with a point. But some some of the things that stand out to me right there are starting at the bottom of that the fact that Alonso's up to 11th with 17, and Sebastian Vettel into the top 10. You know he's been on a little resurgence lately. He seemed to be settling in, or however they're getting that figured out. Um, but Carlos Sainz closing in on Charles Leclerc. He's Leclerc started off a little quicker, but um, but yeah. Any um, any thoughts on the the lineup there, Les, and uh, about the points? About you know besides the observations that I had this just then.
4: No, no. I I will say you know specifically, I enjoyed watching Daniel Ricciardo having some really good battles on his way through, and uh, Sebastian Vettel really happy to see him coming back into form you know whether it's the car whether it's his head in the right place you know uh, it, it seems to be rejuvenated the, just uh, the fact that he's on track and doing so well so i love that charles leclerc uh wow he and carlos Sainz are just having a royal battle and i'm loving that even amongst the team members that those guys are seeing ferrari back in solid form and pretty consistently these drivers are against each other on course. And yeah. so I like that.
0: Except for Ferrari today, but hey, yeah. Bob, you had a, a, a thought about eight different drivers from six teams. That, I thought that was an interesting stat.
1: Yeah. I mean, the, the, the numbers tell the tale, eight drivers from six different teams have taken coming into this weekend, the uh, 18 podium spots in, uh, in the races up to this point. Now we didn't get a change today. Uh, Verstappen, Hamilton and Perez have both have all been regular uh, podium visitors, but still, you know, when you get the, the occasional McLaren, the occasional Ferrari, uh, what have you, um, you know, it's a lot more competitive out there than, uh, than the naysayers and the haters, uh, want to say about Formula One. Yeah, there was a big gap today. As I mentioned before, the, the front four pulled away, but points are points. And, uh, and, you know, Perez has launched himself up into the, uh, into the battle for potentially third in the championship which would be great for him and i want to know too that perez on a bit of a poignant note in history it's been 50 years since his predecessor as a mexican grand prix driver pedro rodriguez uh had his last formula one start and finished on the podium at Zenvoort in the netherlands um so you know i'm sure Perez is thinking about that uh, a little bit. You know, the Rodriguez brothers, one of the great tragic stories in Formula One history, like the and brothers, they both died in race cars, um, but huge, huge heroes in Mexico. So that was great for Perez to get up there where, uh, where his countrymen once stood half a century ago. But yeah, things are, things are cool in the mid part of the race, but in the mid part of the field. And you know, Formula One's just fun to watch. You know, I find myself having to defend Formula One, maybe in my own mind. But you know, I I love what we're watching out there. I think it's great I, fun.
0: I, I do. I mean, it's fantastic right now. It's it's like I was saying earlier. It's like when you're having this kind mm-hmm. of race at at Paul Ricard, which is not known at least in recent history uh, for great racing. I mean, and look at at Baku last weekend. I mean, this season, yeah. I, I guess it was either on. Yeah. Uh, on the BBC radio coverage or the television, we kind of had them both going. One of them was saying, "You know, this could this could go down as one of the best seasons ever." The competition has been so fun to watch between Max and Lewis. And this weekend, I was watching. I was telling you this less earlier while we were during the race, but I was watching some. I think it was Mark Priestley's again. But somebody commented, "If you had, if you could choose your driver right now, if they had the same car, who would you say?" is a better driver, who's going to win between Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton. And I immediately thought that raw talent, maybe because he's just younger whatever, Max Verstappen, but Hamilton is still so flawless in his, he just doesn't make that many mistakes, just rare, rare mistakes. And right now with the way that that Red Bull has a faster car right now, they've got a faster car. They've had it almost all season, it seemed like. That that Lewis has pretty much done that, kept them in this as close as they have been by not making a single mistake.
4: Exactly. And you know, the uh the first lap today, good example of that. Yeah. Max overshot it and he was done. Well, you know, somebody might say, Well, last week Lewis did the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's a little bit different take. Uh yeah, he it was his finger that flipped that switch and yeah. threw everything forward. But that is so yeah. incredibly rare with Lewis. Uh, I'll I'll go with you that Lewis, if I had my money, I'd put it on Lewis in a car to car.
0: Yeah, I think as it stands today, but you know, look how young Verstappen is for having so much uh, race time under his belt. He's still so young. Well, guys, we got to take a squeeze in a quick break, and let's go ahead and do that. And when we come back, we'll continue to talk about the French Grand Prix and lots more Formula One stories and some IndyCar stories, too. You listen to Speed City Live from Austin, Texas, back after these messages.
2: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. The caddy Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers. The best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. You can take it for a test ride or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. Online at DucatiAustin.com. Welcome to Name Your License Plate. I'm Biff Biffington. All right, Mary Lou, for the cash, the drip, and a new car, name your license plate. Easy.
3: My plate is ADD24. ACL, ATM, ABC, ACDC, AAA. I can't remember my plate.
2: You should have gotten a personal Texas plate from myplates.com. They're so memorable. And
3: I could have saved 40% with a five-year commitment. Be a
2: winner and order your personalized license plate from
3: myplates.com top 1370 the right choice hello to everyone this is gunter steiner this is speed city welcome back to the fastest hour in radio speed city
0: welcome back to speed city your american voices in formula one who was that that was Gunther Steiner. And not Gene. We're, t- we're not Gene. And we're going to talk about Gunther Steiner because I have a bone to pick with Mr. Steiner. But uh, back to the, what I was saying about American Voices, Chase Carey, who was the CEO at the time of Formula One, he came up and said, Manish, he heard us on the, the microphones actually out at and He goes, man, it sure is nice to hear American Voices in Formula One. So we're trying to wave that banner and uh, and and root on our American team, Haas F1, is amongst other. but. But uh, hey i want to I want to shout out to some people that have interacted with us on social media on Twitter anyway. To start with. Andy P had a really great tweet. I think he was listening a minute ago talking about what we were saying about this race and this season. he said he said, for a race that featured zero retirements, zero safety cars, zero yellow flags, it was hugely entertaining. French Grand Prix said, if this race can be this good, we're in for an awesome rest of the season. It makes me excited for a coda in October." I love that.
4: Yeah. Uh, you know, Andy's somebody, you know, Andy, let us know what, what would the second race, how would you make it different?
0: Yeah. And a couple other folks, um, F1 in America, the, uh, the, it's a nice Twitter account if you want to, if you like F1 and the American perspective, F1 in America. And they, I think those are the guys out there in the Bay Area. Okay. And yeah. they have, they have like big meetups, big watch parties and stuff. And they, uh, they gave us a shout out saying they enjoyed the, um, the interview with Marcus Erickson earlier in our in our uh, pre-race show. So thanks a lot, everybody, for interacting with us on social media. We love that. And um, but let's talk about what I was just alluding to with uh, Günther Steiner because Günther Steiner came out again talking about Americans in Formula One, right? And since the day they founded the team, they talked about the uh, the idea of Getting an American behind the wheel in an American team, and ultimately on an American track here at Circuit of the Americas. So yeah, that would be the dream, right? But I, I just, I'm, I'm really at this point. I'm like, you guys keep talking about this. Let's see some. Put your money where your mouth is because we have some drivers coming up through the ladder. Mm-hmm. You know Juan Manuel well, Correa, who was in F2, had the huge horrific crash right. and the that horrible incident at Spa. He's back down in F3, but he's uh, doing good in F3. But we have Logan Sargent. Um, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on some of the other guys. but um, and, and I know, Bob, I'm going to reach out to you, but I know you're having trouble with uh, – maybe maybe Bob's having the same radio trouble that they were having. And that was it. It's probably the Blue stripe. It's the Blue Stripes, of Paul Ricard. But, Bob, yeah. Um, right. yeah, what do you think about you know all this? First of all, what do you think about Gunther Steiner still saying they're going to have an American – having drivers? Uh, try to get American drivers.
1: Well, you know, it's a, it's a noble thought, and I hope they do it. Um, I think perhaps Günther Steiner ought to be pouring, paying more attention to the two drivers on track because the two Haas drivers almost got into each other again <laughs> during this race. But, uh, you know, it, it, these things take time. You know, I'll, I'll take them at his word. They want to get American drivers in. And those kids that you mentioned are doing exactly the right thing. You know, they're, they're racing on foreign shores. They're, they're learning the other members of their generation so to speak, they're driving on the tracks where Formula One drives. And, you know, that's what you have to do. You can't be driving on American racetracks and then hope to just pop right in and be competitive in Formula One. It just doesn't work that way. So, you know, let's let's give them some time and see what they can pull together. How about a, a development driver? Put somebody in the pipeline for your specific team and, uh, and let's see where that goes.
0: You know, we did that, as say we, the Haas F1 team did that with Santino Ferrucci. Until he started doing mm-hmm. crazy stuff in an F two car and including talking on his cell phone. But he Santino, I, I do yeah. like Santino in in one respect. He's obviously a very quick driver because he's proving that in any yeah. car. But you know, the, give it to credit to us. They did try that. But I I just, you know, I really yeah, I, yeah, I think that would be the next step. You know, the uh the the Netflix experiment has been a huge success but what are we going to say less
4: yeah and, you know i'm with you on santino i mean we we text each other off show and it's one of these things that if we go back a few years i the view i have of santino as a young guy with the skills needs the maturity is what i had with max verstappen a few years ago yeah i, I feel very much that that is the take on that is Max was wild, he was crazy, he was young, he, you know, brash, all those kind of things. And that's uh, you know, Santino's kind of in that place, but he's improving.
0: Yeah. Yep. And uh I you know, I just I, I just think it would be a a a game changer for us to, to get Americans into Formula One. So like you said, Bob, even is eve even as a development driver, but uh but there's some other good stories. What did you guys think of the new graphics? that AWS that Formula One started using from AWS. You know, they have this big partnership with Amazon Web Services, which is AWS. And if you don't know what AWS is, they power a massive amount of the Internet. I was going to say
4: almost the world nowadays. It yeah, feels like. well,
0: if you, yeah, if you think about that, we've been using it's funny. We've been using AWS since we started this this venture almost 10 years ago to power all of our podcasts and all that stuff. And but now AWS is providing them with this data for the graphics that they use and some of the people are saying it's too contrived Um, there was an interesting graphic that they started using this weekend and if i can get my computer to load there it is it was driver performance the name of this graphic was driver performance and it was percentage of car limit and they showed verstappen versus hamilton you might have seen this one and it showed that in three categories acceleration braking and corners and in acceleration, they said Max is is getting 95% 99.5% of his car limit. Hamilton 99.1, and breaking 995 versus 99.5% so even. And then in cornering, they were saying that Verstappen had a significant lead, 98.7 to 97.1. And I'm just wondering, my first thought is okay, they're taking qualifying laps or or something like that to say this is the best Max can do. And then the same thing for Hamilton. Do y'all think these graphics are, let to start with you. Do you think these are, are worthwhile? Do you enjoy them? Are they too contrived
4: or what? I like the idea of the information that's being conveyed. What I don't have confidence in or really understand is how they're coming up with that number. It's not clear. It's not something that I feel is, is solid and dependable.
0: Okay. Uh, Bob, what about you?
1: Well, I'm an Atlanta Hawks fan. And as you'll recall, in game five of the NBA playoffs, late in the game, uh, ESPN had a um, percentage chance of victory. And it was 99.7% said mm-hmm. the Sixers are going to win that game. They were leading by 26 points in the, uh, in the fourth quarter or the end of the third, whatever it was. Hawks came back long story short, to win it. So, you know, a lot of this stuff is subjective. You know, they're they're throwing things out there. And I can tell you, on behalf of the TV industry, we sit around during the off season and try to think of ways to make it better. And so ideas get put out there. Some of them work, some of them don't. Some folks like some ideas better than others. Um, You know, it's, my fundamental belief is the stopwatch doesn't lie. You know, give me the times, give me the speeds. you know, give me hard data not what you think the limit of the car might be and how much a given driver is getting out of it. Because, you know, that's that's all speculative. But um, just with hard numbers, uh, I'm doing just fine. And I like the graphics. Yeah. I will say. Yeah.
0: Well, uh, okay, so I'm going to say that it's actually a, kind of a, a little bit of a hybrid of both of what you guys are saying. I like the graphics, and I like these kinds of things. Like when the NFL came up with next-gen stats, they started they put all these sensors on the uniforms. And they were giving you impacts and all this stuff. And then they started backing out of that. That was right after the helmet controversy came out. But in this case, if AWS, if those stats are based on some actual stats, like you said, Les, give us give us how you got there. Show me the the formula for those stats. But I, I want to say to them, keep trying because I want to. I want to. Um, I like them, and I want to see if we can, can can continue to have some of those. Hey, but we have a caller on the line. We have one of the regulars. We have Mike, Mike, the Corvette hauler. He's in Asheville, North Carolina. Mike, welcome to the show, buddy. How'd you like the race today?
5: I enjoyed. I, I had to listen to it. I couldn't watch it today. I was traveling, and uh, I enjoyed it. it. It shook out like I was hoping it would with the uh, uh, front three, four guys. Otos is a bit upset. Yeah, apparently in this team sport, they don't always listen to the players.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
5: hey, Mike, I got to
0: ask yeah. you. Uh, uh, yes. You got. You said you were listening today instead of watching. Um, right. How is your experience listening to Formula One on the radio?
5: I enjoy it. It's, it seemed to me a little bit, uh, again, you know, I grew up listening to mr Varsha's commentary mostly, and uh today they even almost seem like they got some a little bit of let's do it like uh what's that uh outfit out of daytona uh that does radio and they hand it to each other at each corner, and they're all talking fast so they can keep up with the cars that's It got that animated to me today, and it seemed kind of silly uh for f one but again the experience of listening uh I, you know when you know the uh the sport that you're listening to and all the players uh it's it's a real good experience i think
0: yeah and good to have that option right i mean out, out, especially, I do, if, yeah. especially for you guys behind the wheel of a truck you know you're you're you know you're out right. there all the time
5: yeah pretty much we live there yeah and again you know there's times that i would have <laughs> at the house I'd you know with the uh, advent of all this technology, I'd have one seed listing two phones over there showing different uh camera views from different cars, and then another screen well, I'm trying to think I'm in a production office, right, but I just like I like to catch all of it that I can and then see you know what I can learn from it
0: well what about our question about the second race at coda
5: uh, and when uh, bring me up to speed What are, is, are we referring to I'm I'm not I know we're going to have the uh, US Grand Prix right that's you bet. that's the first so, race and then when you're saying second race as a support race or
4: no the uh, so the current setting is because of the uh, what's happening with the remainder of the F1 calendar for the year there is right. a possibility and and possibility is giant bold letters that there will be another race at the circuit of the Americas and so oh. You know as fans all for it. yeah he as is. fans we're all for it but we also understand that you know sometimes you want to see a different race than you saw uh something different about it what would make a second well, race exciting for you
5: what would make a second race exciting Ugh. uh
4: we had somebody
5: support <laughs> what's that <laughs> I'd like to see IMSA support. IMSA support, okay. Oh, that'd be fun. Hey, yeah. you know
0: what? All of these, all of these ideas, everything from somebody tweeted at us and said, uh, you know, specific concert people. You know, they've got Billy Joel for the for the primary. You know, add it, add right. an act that you like or whatever. I, well, so see, and
4: I suggested Bruce Springsteen to Mr. Epstein when he called. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> right.
0: Hey, well, Mike, well, thanks. All right. There well, you go. We got it. We're up against the break. All right. Well we have uh, well, there's lots more interaction on social media, people tweeting at us. I want to talk about this after the break. So you're listening to Speed City Live from Austin, back after these messages.
5: I am an official Texas license plate from MyPlates.com, and I'm here to say it's time to get personal, people. Tell the world who you are with a personalized plate from MyPlates.com, like me. I'm talking favorite color, favorite team, favorite charity, and, of course, favorite state, Texas. Add your own message, and then the magic really happens. I'm the official Texas license plate from MyPlates.com, and I want to be your license plate. Go to MyPlates.com and order me today. Now that's what I'm talking about.
1: Austin's Talk, 1370.
2: Hi, this is Gene Austin, and this is Speed City.
3: Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio,
0: Speed City. As your workforce moved from the office or to the home, or to the garage, or maybe a rented cabin with open Wi-Fi? If your company has expanded outside the office and moved all your applications to the cloud... There's a whole new world of threats you have to worry about, including ransomware. CrowdStrike revolutionized security by harnessing the speed and power of the cloud to identify and stop the most advanced cyber attacks, even those that have never been seen before. So now you can work securely anywhere. Try CrowdStrike Falcon Free today and protect your data and employees anywhere. Welcome to anywhere. CrowdStrike, we stop breaches. Access the CrowdStrike Falcon platform free at CrowdStrike.com/slash anywhere. Anywhere, including the doghouse guys. <laughs> hey, it's Father's Day. There's no such thing as a doghouse on Father's Day. No, okay. Happy Father's Day to both of you guys and all the fathers listening and getting. You know, one thing about Formula One as a dad, it's it's a great sport as a dad because you can get up early and watch the races. What you know, even Saturday watch qualifying before really any of the teenagers or any of the other kids get stirring if they're older. Now, if you got young kids, that's a different yeah, one.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, you know, I, I am so proud of my son. I, okay, it's really John's son. <laughs> what? Tell us where that guy is today. Oh, yeah, my son, yeah. He
0: is, uh, speaking of IMSA and other, anyway, he's up at Road America, uh, not with Indy, but this was weekend, but he's, uh, he's working as a uh, mechanic, and I think he's got tire duty. Not changing the tires, but doing all the math and all the strategies and all the strategy on the tires up at Road America for uh, for the radical team. You know, he worked actually worked for for Dave O'Neill over there. at S's. So, yeah, yeah, he's that's not where
4: he started. That's they were just smart enough to hire him. But, (laughs) you know, that's a story I just shared the other night was, you know, Reagan. Yeah. Was not that thick into cars a few years ago. And look what has happened to this guy. He's he's grasped onto it. He's a, he's a great example of what happens. And you think maybe there's no career there, but he's grasped onto it. He is doing some fantastic work. The next year, we're, I'm going to be bragging on him. I know he's your son, but I'm going <laughs> to brag on him just because he's got a really cool year lined up.
0: Well, he does, man. He's get get to go to some fun places, and that that is that leads to what's happening all over Austin, actually with yeah. with Coda has happened. So. Hey, I want to go to some of the story, some of the uh, tweets and stuff that are coming at us. I, I mentioned that on the air a minute ago. We had lots of people replying to us about what's going on with, uh, like uh, Victor says, he's surprised that Logan Sargent hasn't gotten Hasef one backing. I wonder why they haven't. And that's a good question, Victor. They're so. I mean, think about the the infinite variables that they go through. Think choosing drivers, and uh, that's such a that's such a big deal. But that that sparked a conversation with several people about you know the uh, the Ferrari pipeline and the connection with Ferrari. Um, Victor also said the the Ferrari pipeline doesn't seem like a great pipeline selling point for Haas if they decide to sell the team, as there's been that rumor. But uh, but we appreciate all the interaction because this is you know American centric. Discussion that we'd like to lead on the air and on social media if we can as well, but there was also a nice article about the Hasef one team on Formula One talking about the progress that they are making for next year. Uh, I want to ask you, Bob, I mean, what do you think about this strategy of of the way they've done this, where they've just given up this season and and you know, I say giving up. They are they are getting the the driver time for the young drivers. Uh, but what do you think about this strategy and the way it's playing out so far?
1: In terms of developing the race cars, yeah, yeah, that and the drivers. Yeah, well, uh, you know, in the in the, it was just announced this week by uh, Ferrari that they are going to stop developing this year's car. Ha started out the season saying, we're not going to do anything. This is last year's car. Everybody's running last year's cars. We're not going to put anything into this because we're working toward the radical new cars we're all going to have in 2022 under the new rules. And one by one, we're going to see this shoe dropping, teams you know, saying, OK, we've done everything we can. Um, whether that's the reason that Ferrari looks so shabby today, uh, I don't know. But um, you know, I think uh, we're going to see more and more of that, uh, particularly with the cost cap in place. As far as drivers, and uh, to answer that that fan about Logan Sargent, I mean, he's running in Formula 3 right now. That's several steps down the ladder from Formula 1. And he's currently, I mean, they've only run a handful of races thus far this year. He's like 11th in the championship. I don't know that he has shown the kind of of results that, you know, Formula 1 talent spotters are going to want to see. It's a very rare thing for a guy like Kimi Raikkonen who only had about two dozen races in any kind of car before Peter Sauber put him in a Formula One car. The same with Max Verstappen who jumped right from I think it was from um from F3 to uh to Formula One. I mean those are rare talents and uh, whether Logan Sargent has that or not or or any of the other kids we talk about um you know that's it that, that's hard to say but you know if a kid wants to do this then you know i I maintain you've got to get over there you got to get with a good team you've got to win so find a series where you can win and then move up accordingly but nobody's overlooking anybody i can assure you i mean the talent spotters are out there everybody wants the next max verstappen yeah you know is that lando norris is that uh you know Charles Leclerc or anybody who's come along i mean Leclerc dominated F two before the uh, before he got his Formula One ride with Ferraris, so you know it's you got to earn it.
0: Yeah, and you know talking about the article that I was referring to, that the, the headline was, uh, and it was a quote from Günther Steiner. He says uh, Haas making good progress with 2022 car. And remember, they've got that they now have their own office and facility at Maranello with Ferrari, so they've got that going on. And Haas, uh, so Steiner also says the day to day running at our Marinello office is managed by Simone Resta. So, you know, there's, it, it is, it does give you some hope for next year if everything goes according to plan that, that we could see, you know, Haas battling for points again because that was, you know, that was so amazing and exciting for us to have that happen when that was going on.
4: You know, and there's a few things. I mean, so the, uh, the drivers, you know, I asked Gene on one of the interviews about, do you think it's advantageous to just have a driver that's going to drive whatever you give them right now? And and in short, he was like, yeah, we, we need a driver that's going to take what we're going to give. They're going to give 100% in the car they've got, and they're not going to be pushing back and pointing at something they think is not correct. We've got the engineers. We've got all the teams to put the car together. Just drive the car we give you. And so, uh, you know, that, that's a little different taking that is understandable for this year uh, in the way they're performing. I don't think these two drivers are, are big on providing engineering feedback. And, yeah. uh, you know, it's heavily numbers and data, as, you know, as we like to see.
0: Well, and replying to those people on social media, I think we're, we've actually uh, we've reached out to Logan Sargent's people and we need to get him on the show. We're going to try to make sure that we get, you know, we had a lot of the young drivers from the IndyCar ladder we've had a lot of those guys on recently that's been exciting and uh but we're gonna try to get any American that is is in the ladder and Bob during the break you mentioned you know what about Pietro Fittipaldi uh mm-hmm. because you know uh it you, you depends on how you look at it born in Miami right and um so I know he races under the Brazilian flag but anyway there's just lots of the, the Americans in in the ladder that we're going to try to follow. So we're going to continue to do that. So, um, but a couple other stories. Did you guys see, uh, speaking of American motorsports, not necessarily Formula One, but did y'all see where Roger Penske was talking about uh, electric motorsports? And he said that he doesn't believe that motorsport needs to become all electric by 2030, remain relevant to the OEMs. Because... I, I I find this fascinating because, you know, you've got uh, Formula One <laughs> being hybrid, IndyCar moving to hybrid, potentially even NASCAR doing that. And then Formula E, that's where Jonathan is down there doing some work for those guys this weekend. And the fact that Roger Penske saying that it doesn't have to become all electric because as much as, you know, we've talked about all electric, how much fun it is to drive. Right. But, it, but it does lack the emotion and lack the... The sound and everything but the fact that that roger's saying that i think that bodes well don't you
4: absolutely roger's tied in so many different transportation arenas uh, i think it demonstrates that he is still passionate about this uh, as well as a, a business mindset and all the things that he deals with i like that it's roger rogers heavily you know highly respected beyond motorsports and his business savvy and acumen around that so uh I think that's a a very heavily weighted statement from somebody like that.
0: Yeah. He says, um, and one of the things they talk about is expanding engine suppliers in IndyCar. And he said, we're in conversations right now with two good possibilities. Timing is everything. COVID has put a lot of things on the back burner. Bob, if you had to guess about which two manufacturers that they're talking to, you know, right now they've got Chevrolet and Honda, but who, who would you think they would be talking to?
1: Well, the rumors have been rampant that they're talking to Ferrari. Um, so that's a, a possibility, I guess. Yeah. Um, Ford has a, a long and glorious history in uh, in motorsport. So, you know, there may be a possibility there. I mean, getting back to the original point, Roger pansky knows as well and probably better than anybody that, those OEMs, the original equipment manufacturers, the brand names, the marks, those are what makes motorsports at the top level go around. You know, they finance it, they develop the technology, you know, what they want is, uh, is hugely influential in where motorsports goes. Personally, I think Roger's right. I don't think we need to go all electric with every kind of motorsport because, you know, there is that passion for the internal combustion engine and if we can meet the climate goals that we need to to reverse climate change um there's there's probably still room for burning some fossil fuels on racetracks somewhere if it provides the entertainment value that all of the stakeholders want to see whether it's fans or teams or or oems or you know whatever it may be so um you know it's interesting to hear roger say that and 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 i think he's right i don't think it's an all or nothing proposition when it comes to uh, the mode of propulsion.
0: You know, yes. two things that came to mind as you're saying that, Bob. One is I wrote down <clears throat> emotive. Y'all remember when oh, Formula yeah. One talked about the new formula for the new powertrain? They mm-hmm. used the word emotive, emotional, because there is no emotion in an electric vehicle, electric powered vehicles from the sound and just the there's just no emotion. They're they're silent. The only emotion is the g-force, which is you know astounding in some of these new cars. You saw mm-hmm. where Jay Leno took the new. Uh, Model S Plaid to under a sub two second zero to 60 and a 9.52 at 152 mile an hour, I think is what the quarter mile time in electric cars. So yeah, that is, that evokes emotion, the fact that you could do that. But the other thing besides emotive, which, you know, what does that mean? We all don't, we don't know what that means was you you mentioned burning fossil fuels, Well, they're also, they're developing uh, synthetic fuels. They're trying to for Formula One. And think about right. if Formula One could develop a, a synthetic fuel, you know we know the technology in Formula One, how that could change that's it could be a game changer. Mm-hmm. What if it's a cleaner, burning synthetic fuel, non-fossil fuel? I th- right. both of those things could be
4: dramatic, yeah, absolutely. Well,
1: you see you use the word emotive, I think that equates to sound. People yeah. want noise. People want spectacle, and noise is a big part of that. and I, and I get that. Change is hard for everybody, and maybe we would all come to think of you know the quieter they're not entirely silent but quieter uh, electric cars might might be as emotive as uh, as what we've come to to know and love over the years but you know i get that you know everybody wants the old 12 and 10 and eight yeah. cylinder formula 1 cars screaming <laughs> around race tracks and so on the current cars are faster yep. they go farther on less fuel because of the kind of technology we're talking about so, you know, it takes time for, for people to uh, to realize that, you know, hey, this is this is pretty cool.
0: You know, uh, one last point, and then we're going to take a break, is that, Bob, you said everybody wants the V8, V10s, V12s, whatever. Well, why can't you have both? That's been my contention. That's I have not come up with a better idea. Why not have a V12? I don't care how many liters it is. I don't care if it's one liter. A V12, okay, maybe not that small but a V12 along with hybrid power. Why not have, bo- have both and and we get the sound that we love. And if you have to remove the turbos, because we all know that putting turbos on a car makes them quieter. Yeah. And remove the turbo, go to a V12, maybe go back a little displacement, use some th- synthetic fuels and hybrid, and boom, there's your
4: answer, so. Okay, okay. No, no you just, you can't go to a break <laughs> okay. and leave me like this. Okay, so do that. Reduce the fuel. Reduce the power. So you have to run some laps 100% electric. Okay, that's an idea that i never even thought of. All right, well, let's go
0: ahead and take it a break. We'll cogitate on that. We're going to take a break. We'll be back after these messages.
4: Gazenta's too.
3: Austin's Talk 1370. Hi, this is Jay Leno from JayLenosGarage.com, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City.
0: I was kind of surprised that Jay Leno was able to pilot that car. I know it's a quarter mile, and I know it's straight line. But 0-60 to in
4: 1.98 or whatever, that's got to be That could massive. be a selling point. Even Jay Leno can... <laughs> not that he's not <laughs> Wait, driven... No, this is the guy that like went backwards through Daytona at 192 miles yeah. per hour. So, you know.
0: And he's driven some amazing cars. I always, I, I'm amazed at what a great driver he is. Just running through the gears in anything. But, but that's still pretty incredible. Hey, um, I want to play a clip. And I think the producer's got it queued up. Because last week after Baku... Um, I think it was Channel 4 who tweeted this out. Yeah, Channel 4F1 tweeted this out. And you have to listen to this because this is Mark Weber and some other commentators in the booth watching the very last bit of the race when it looked like that Hamilton was going to win because he went around max, but then he locked up the tires and went straight through the to the runoff area. So let's play this clip. I want you guys to hear this.
3: Lights out, and Perez immediately jumps across Lewis! the lead lewis hamilton takes it away but he lost him, and he's lost it lights out and
1: Paris...
0: <laughs> did you hear that squeak <laughs> the squeak that was mark weber squeaking as well as ones where you kind of have to you get stuck on it playing it over and over anyway it was great I, i've tweeted that out from the speed city
4: account <laughs> there it is.
0: so check that out if you didn't get it. i just wanted
4: to play that that I thought doesn't it was... sound like what i expect mark weber to sound like i know that was part of the yeah, uh... that was pretty darn girly mark <laughs> It must be some kind of an Aussie thing. Uh, I don't know. It's like drinking out of How your shoes. <laughs> Didn't get that drinking, Foster's. <laughs> uh,
0: absolutely. And I just accidentally closed my show docs. So and now <laughs> I'm flying blind here. But uh...
4: there you go. There you go. <laughs> hey, right. So you yeah, mentioned... Uh, yeah, you know, Grosjean's Mercedes test has been postponed again. Uh, and it, and that is, you know, yes. they're stating that is travel restrictions and quarantine requirements uh, in testing sites. And so the thing that I like about that is Grosjean is not working, walking away from F1 and Mercedes is not walking away from him as well.
0: Him as the commitment to do that for him. Yeah.
4: And, you know, because it's, oh, okay, you went to IndyCar. Yeah. Okay. Okay, thanks. Good knowing you.
0: Yeah, that goes to what we were talking about in the pre-show about how IndyCar and Formula One have decided that it's not like Voldemort where they can say each other's name. You can mention it. And, <laughs> and you can, you know, so it, it's, uh, that's good. I like that.
1: And Mercedes is another team with, uh, with a glorious history in IndyCar. We mentioned earlier Ooh, with yeah. what manufacturers might be talking
4: to Penske. Well, you know, uh, I totally agree with you. Back on the IndyCar brands or manufacturers coming, I totally agree with you on Ford. I've been missing it for a while. And then uh, Mm -hmm. recall also that Porsche got involved in the regulations and some of the experiments and science that were helping to find the new power plants and drivetrains for Formula One. There was also an article that stated that this could be applicable to many groups, you know, oh. IMSA, who knows, maybe even come to IndyCar. Mm-hmm. And so, because Porsche seems to be working quietly while they're away from the, the forefront nowadays, but I wouldn't take them off the table. I'd love to see the Porsche logo on IndyCars, but just practicality, look what they've done with their street product line. Well,
0: that, that's, that's the key. I mean, we've gone from all the way back, if you go all the way back when it looked like Porsche may not make it, you know, and there's been multiple times in that, that happening, but all the way now to where they've got this full product line. I mean, their SUVs, I don't know about, about you, Bob, in Atlanta, but in Austin, they are just everywhere. So I haven't looked at the numbers, but their the company seems to be healthy. The dealership that they built here in Austin is a Taj Mahal, like seven story dealer on the corner of, of, of a huge intersection here. So, uh, uh, you know, it, I, I would not put it out of reach. And like you're saying, what if Porsche could then do hybrid tech, train, uh, drivetrain technology in Formula One and IndyCar? I don't know how much that would cross over, but, but wouldn't that be fascinating?
4: Absolutely. We're going to have to take Bob of that. I've got free run of the, that dealership now. Yeah, well,
1: Porsche has already announced they're going to be running in the uh, Le Mans hybrid class of sports cars.
4: Yeah, that's right. Boom.
0: I mean, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't, I, you, you can't be, you would. You couldn't be very surprised if that were the other name that Roger Penske were talking mm-hmm. about. So uh, here's another story, Les. I know you love this one. Valentino Rossi in the news. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Yeah. What, what do you think about this story?
4: Okay. A little mixed, but I also get it. I am an avid Valentino Rossi fan. I wanted that number 10 championship for him in Motor GP. Doesn't look like that's going to happen. You know, but, you know, he has performed very well on four wheels. And so he's looking at going to WEC in 2022. And so... (laughs) It's not uh, the
0: first time he's gotten behind the wheel of a four-wheel race car, is
4: it? No, no. Are you... are you talking about at uh, Colin Edwards' boot camp in the Mustang out on the dirt track? Cause that was a lot of fun to watch. No, that, but, that, no. that was
0: fun to watch in person. But yeah. no, when he didn't he get behind the wheel of an F1 car, right? He and Hamilton swam a few years he's ago. He's
4: done, uh, he's explored a, quite a few cars. And so at 42 years old, he is still plenty <laughs> in his prime for four wheels and doing this. So more power to you. Come on, Valentino, let's do this.
0: All right, we are literally uh, about down to one minute. One last story I wanted to mention: how Mercedes has decided to keep their commitment to Roman Grosjean to put him in the wheel behind the wheel of a Mercedes at some point, but they had to to uh, postpone that due to travel restriction, quarantine stuff with COVID going on. But hey, uh, we are down to just no time left. But I want to make sure that everybody knows that um, if you're listening on the radio, we also do stream all of our shows on our social media channels, all three of them. We put them out on on uh, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. We have an Instagram, we're not very good at Instagram. We're pretty good at the others, but we stream all those and all those shows stay up on all those platforms. YouTube may be the easiest one for us and we're trying to grow our YouTube channel. So if you uh, can go give us a like and a follow and uh, tell your friends, Tell your friends and family that like Formula One to give us a, uh, a check it out on uh, on all those, and particularly YouTube. But thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Thanks to Marcus Erickson for coming on on the pre-race show. And, of course, if you missed any of that, you can check us out on all those platforms, or you can go to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, any of those. Thanks, everybody, and we'll talk to you next Sunday.
4: Ciao, y'all.